0: Good evening, good evening, good afternoon. Hi, my name is Vivian Aqua, and I'm the certified DEI consultant. I know, I know, it has been a very long time since I've done the humanize the workplace, but you could have also uh, seen me on other things, right? So I've been very busy with cooking back to our roots. For those who want to look back google me on uh, google me search for cooking back to our roots via linkedin or via youtube and you'll see the four part episodes which i did about the dutch history uh with with high potentials of the netherlands but today today i want to make sure that i'm having a good conversation about the men right and therefore i'm having a conversation with two men one is, from, uh, one is on the other side of the ocean and the other one is near me, but let me introduce them one by one, right? So, today's conversation is about the role of male allies and I'll start with Daniele Fiadanka, who is the founder of Token Men Consulting, an IND or Inclusion and Diversity Consultancy, which specializes in engaging men in the inclusion and diversity strategy and inspiring them to become change makers. And then I have Andre Damanin, who is a global inclusion strategist, founder of CEO of Urban Equity Consulting Services and host of the Global Conversations webcast. So um, a little side note, though, for the people that know me. So the reason why I brought both of them, Andre recently interviewed me for his podcast. So therefore, I see him in a way ally being, activating his allyship for me as well. But then again, Daniele, um, a while ago, he reached out to me. Also, uh, no, not him reaching out to me, but the company he had in mind reached out to me and asked me if I could do a workshop with them, a training with them. They highlighted the both of us recently in their post, And uh, we were talking about the conversation. Okay, where are the men? What are they doing? Where Where are they standing? And that led to this conversation of having this talk today. So welcome, Daniele and Andre. Let's start with you, Daniele. Why do we need to humanize the workplace?
1: I uh, don't we know that
0: already in 2023 or almost going to 2024?
1: I, I think we forget, I think we forget. I, mean, I used to work in marketing and I, I always remember mm-hmm. everyone talked about the consumer. And I hated it. Yeah. I mean, I worked with the strategy, and I just tried to get rid of the word consume and get and actually called call people human beings. I think we we so often put monikers on people. And if we look at things like equity, inclusion, diversity, we have created a space where we've named people, we've created groups of people, and actually mm-hmm. what we need to do is actually start going back to recognizing that we're all oh, human beings. So you know, you're yeah. talking about being allies, it's really interesting. I do a lot of allyship work. But if you look at the traditional definition of allyship, it is supporting historically marginalized groups. I yeah. much prefer talking about allyship being supporting, uh, people supporting everyone. But also yeah. within that, what, you know, and I, I love Andre's got it in the name of his consultancy. But within that, just getting them to understand what equity is. So equity yeah. is not giving giving support to one group and not giving support to another group. Equity is just recognizing that some groups need more support than others. Mm -hmm. What I think inclusion, what I think the DEI industry has got wrong, and I've been in it for six years, so I'm I'm included within that. What it's got wrong is it's it's assumed people like me, and let's be really clear, if you type the word privilege into Google Images, you will get someone like me. I am extremely Mm -hmm. privileged. But what people mm-hmm. assume is someone like me who looks like me, is experienced who does not need support. Uh, mm-hmm. that, that just could not be further from the truth, especially when we talk about the need for people to change uh, so they can become more inclusive managers, leaders, and human beings.
0: Yeah, I totally agree with that. And I also want to demystify. I normally use, when you Google equity versus equality, there is this image that there uh, with two bicycles, right? Or uh, bicycles, the, the Netherlands is known for our bicycles. I mean, when you stand outside and walk through Amsterdam, you'll be hit by a bicycle for sort of say. And one of the things that I always mention is given the state that I am, a lot of people don't know that I'm very tall, so I'm a very tall woman. And I'm also dealing with a, with a temporary disability right now. If you would put me on a stand up bike, and provide that to everybody, you are already excluding me at the get-go. But then again, if you would provide me a bike that is specialized given the condition that I'm in, but also my length, my height, then I will be able to join the party. Then I will be able to join you in the goal that we are. And sometimes, oftentimes, equity is um seen as equality whereas equality you're providing everybody the same bike and equity is looking into what kind of bike you need so asking that question ahead of time so that you can be able to support people so thank you daniele and Andre what what is your answer for humanizing the workplace what is needed what ingredient do we need
2: well i mean daniele made some great points in terms of you know, equity, inclusion, and privilege and whatnot. Mm -hmm. You know, I want to add a couple of things in terms of promoting um, empathy here. Um, You know, we are naturally selfish human beings and sometimes, you know, we think for ourselves and whatnot. But, you know, to humanize the workplace itself, we need to encourage that empathy and have a mutual understanding amongst each other as employees, as society, you know, and whatnot. Which would then, um, you know, encourage more of a cooperative and productive work atmosphere. And I also yeah. want to talk about something that I that I'm that I pride myself on a, a lot, which is which is cultural intelligence.
0: Mm-hmm. And,
2: uh, you know, for for those who don't know what cultural intelligence is, it's you know we talk so much about cultural we cultural empathy, cultural competency, and whatnot, but it goes a little bit further because cultural intelligence. Uh, is an aspect of inclusive leadership. And, you know, mm-hmm. a humanized workforce fostering that cultural intelligence per se, um, it actually encourages people to fully understand uh, individuals' cultures, um, the respect, the cultural diversity of themselves, and also, you know, having that effective communication amongst each other. Because mm-hmm. especially given the fact that we are in an interconnected world, um, as well as uh, given the fact that we have um, you know, we have immigration, migration, uh, refugee inclusion. We have all of those factors involved, and and you know, we're 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 focused so much on the you know what it is in terms of the Western world. How do they um, yes, you know envision exactly. the workplace themselves? How do we incorporate uh, other people who are coming to our countries instead of secluding them or isolating them? How do we include them into the workplace and, and have a full understanding as to who they are as individuals and how they can contribute to the workplace instead of sowing them out or or having them disengage in the workplace? Because at the end of the day, you know what happens? Everyone just leaves to go to an organization that actually accepts them for who they are. And that's exactly what mm-hmm. Daniela said when it comes to bringing your whole self to work. Um, yeah. You know, and, and I guess the last thing is we talk about, um, you know, allyship here. You know, one of the things is that we need to have, uh, you know, collective partnerships, um, you know, and those partnerships, meaning that um, male allies can collaborate uh, with with female colleagues, or I don't even want to just talk about it as as a as a a gender perspective, but we need to talk about it from, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, let's uh, distance ourselves from gender uh, stereotypes, but also, you know, we need to have male colleagues Support and create that allyship uh, um, to to get rid of those gender disparities um, in the advocacy and, mm-hmm. and 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 actually advocate for those uh, in the workplace who are getting the who are experiencing those inequities that you spoke of earlier. So so those are a yeah. few things that I think that we uh, that we need to have on top of what Daniela said.
1: And Andre, just picking knew- up your. Do you mind mm-hmm. if, if, can I just pick up on, what, yeah, on yeah, so definitely. I love yeah. so that it's it's my favorite three words I learned last month, and it's I've just done a LinkedIn post with it, I think last week, which is sustainable mm-hmm. competitive advantage. And mm. I, uh, and yeah. it's actually in, it's in here's Ali, book uh, on Mount allies. Uh, and I just think it's so beautiful because basically what she what she's brought it, what what she's really taken out of it is those men that really do lean in what they'll find Mm -hmm. is they'll find that more women want to work with them. You know, and actually, yeah. they'll get this amazing sustainable advantage, uh, you know, sustainable collaborative advantage. Uh, and actually, we did a report last year, which is which you can find on the Token Man website, it's the TokenMan.org. Uh, there's quite a few reports on there, but we did a men leaning in piece of research. So We actually went to some of the men, it was were hundred men, who had who are who have been actively leaning in, and they told us, you know, what were their barriers, what what motivated them, uh, but also what was the consequence of leaning in. And my favourite response was, people talk to me more.
2: Mm. And I think it really fit with what you were saying, (laughs) Andre,
1: is that people will seek out those people who are leaning in, being those allies, and really see that support.
0: I also wanted to thank you Danielle. I also wanted to highlight because you mentioned a few of my favorite words and that is empathy. I love it when people, you know, talk about empathy. But then again, you mentioned cultural intelligence where the moment that you 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 mentioned that a situation or an example came into mind where uh, a person who has Indian roots who traveled to Europe And was working for a company, an international company, where they invited him for the Christmas um, event, right? For all these years that they were doing this Christmas event, nobody thought about asking him, what are your food preferences? I always have to lean into food. You have to know that by now. I always do that. They never asked him. So his food preference was halal. The fact that they never asked him, but then invited him for the Christmas, uh, for the Christmas celebration, and didn't have halal food, meaning he could not even participate—that's a way for you to cause exclusion without asking. So after three years, they made it possible. He eventually said something, but after three years, he, they made it possible to. Ask more people about their food preferences. Like now they're serving vegan, vegetarian, but also halal because of the fact that more and more companies are becoming more cultural aware. And one of the ways that you can break the cultural intelligence iceberg is asking people about their foods. What do you love? What do you not love? What are your customs in your in your country? Right? Can we do a potluck in the workplace forever? So that's just my two cents, but I want to dive into. What does it mean to be a male ally in the workplace? And I'll I'll start with you, Andre.
2: Well, there's a lot of perspectives here um, when it comes to mm-hmm. male allyship in the workplace. One thing is, you know, being an active listener. Um, mm. You know, we talk about this incessantly, if you will. Um, you know, and as, as part of a leadership skill, if you will, or a leadership attribute, in the sense that it validates you know, the perspectives of of colleagues, particularly those who are from the underrepresented and marginalized groups. And also, you know, one of the things that uh, that we we um, uh, that we kind of that we don't really talk about so much are those, you know, the introverts versus extroverts. Mm, right? Um, Some people say that, you know, introverts are ones who are just too quiet. They don't want to participate. And they, you know, so there's 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 that aspect is as one part of it is as being they're they're probably the best active listeners right because they have they they are the ones who sit back and take mm-hmm. everything in before they yeah. respond and whereas you know the negative side for most extroverts is that boom they'll jump right in and they'll 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 speak their mind and whatnot yeah. so so uh you know and then of course there's the confidence factor uh, that involves so so that's one thing about active listening the second thing yeah. you know i want to talk about is as being a male ally, we can be role models, and yes, we conventionally hmm. we've talked about role models as being ones who are um who are male role models. You look at the leadership circle, if you will, majority of leadership people that are uh, that write the books are are white male cisgender people. That's starting to change. I noticed right? that in as terms well. of who's been I writing books who well. have the yeah right yeah. Yeah. So, so that, that's starting to change. Like I can, I can give a shout out to my, to my colleague, uh, Jenny Vasquez Newsom, who I had on my uh, webcast a while back, um, you know, who's got untapped leadership. She's someone who's done that. There's, uh, there's a few American, there's, there's uh, OB James in the UK. Um, you know, mm-hmm. so there are, you know, there are people who are, who are from the racialized and marginalized communities together for, uh, that intersectional um, perspective um and you know and then of course we can advocate for uh diverse representation right because Mm -hmm. look i'm mixed i'm mixed heritage you know daniela is got he's italian he's british um you know but still has the privilege if you will right as he mentioned Mm -hmm. earlier but then how do we advocate for that as people who are who are able-bodied who who uh you know, and, and who are, who are of different cultures, right? How do we advocate for them mm-hmm. in the space? And that becomes, you know, not only as mentors, but also in the workplace. And I think we'll probably touch on it, but this is on point between Danielle and myself about sponsoring people and sponsoring for those who yeah. don't know are basically, we talk about the people who are not in the room that we, that we advocate for in terms of promotion, in terms of uh, work opportunities, et cetera. So, so yeah, so I mean those are those are some opportunities. I'm, I'm you know, Daniela will probably have a whole slew of other ones as well. That'll that'll add to that as being, you know, being that male ally if you will.
0: I want to highlight one thing because since it's the year end right and most of the time the end year reviews come by. So for those of you who are listening or watching, make sure that you investigate, research more about sponsorship but also make sure that you learn more about what you can do. When people are talking about you, about your promotion, while you are not in the room. So I hope that it's fixable. And if not, take it away for 2024, what you can do differently to connect with people, but also amplify your visibility or amplify your network so that people know about you in the, who are deciding about your promotion, who are deciding about your money as well. Daniel.
1: Uh, so, where to start? Uh, there's so much I can say about allyship. Uh, so I think, I think I think the first thing I understand, I mean, obviously building on what Andre said, so, you know, 100% mm-hmm. agree with the things that Andre picked up. I think for me, the key for me is I do a lot of inclusive leadership work. So, when we talk about empathy, I mean, my... Empathy, hundred percent. Listen, my, I think that I think the missing ingredient really more than anything else, is vulnerability. I still hundred percent believe in vulnerability. Uh, if you haven't, if you haven't come across the work that Christopher Veal does, I think Christopher is fantastic. Uh, he also has a fantastic podcast. Um, I think for me, so. If I look at that inclusive leadership and what do we do at inclusive leadership level, what we are trying to do is we're trying to take people beyond allyship through to becoming agents of change. And actually, I think understanding what active allyship looks like is really important. So I hear some people saying or thinking that mentorship is allyship. It's not mentorship mm-hmm. is just the basic you should be doing as a leader right and actually mm-hmm. what what you'll find is leaders who mentor lots of people and certainly younger people will learn as much from those people as they will give down sponsorship we're starting to move a bit more into allyship but ultimately I will say the same thing always say the same thing is you're only a true ally if you're changing the system because it is mm. the system that is creating exclusion. It's not necessarily, and part of that system is human behaviours, hundred percent. But actually, it's the system that is that's actually creating the exclusion. And going back to who I am, I wrote and uh, listen. I get. I make no money from writing a book. If you if you want to go rich, don't do it from writing a book. I will get <laughs> less than a. I will get less than a cent to anyone that buys this, but I'm not promoting it for that reason. I'm just saying mm-hmm. I wrote a book six years ago called Creative Superpowers with three uh, with three peers. And those superpowers, well, the superpower that I am uh, and what I really believe in is hacking. And what the whole point of hacking is, is to understand that we, we operate in this really complex system. And the way that we change systems, we have to break them down into lots and lots and lots and lots of small parts. And once you've broken them down into smaller parts, you can then take each of those parts and you can actually start fixing them. You can start saying, okay, this is broken here. What can we do to change? And the reason I bring this up, because I think you talked about promotion. I'll just get a very quick story about Google. Because I they I do think they have a hacker culture. You know, they, they're a tech mm-hmm. business. You'd expect them to have hacker culture. But what was really interesting, going back to, and I interviewed Kevin Mathers uh, on International Women's Day about six years ago. And that was quite a, six years ago, that was quite forward thinking to get a man to interview a man on international women's day you know you know that mm-hmm. was that was quite out there as a as a uh, but that was led by the women's network because they understood the need for actually allyship and they wanted kevin to talk about his story so that more men could be inspired by that story but he what he talked about was about i think it maybe was about 5 years ago google tried what they found is there weren't enough women putting themselves forward for promotion so they said to all the managers, tell the, your female colleagues and your team who you think should be being deserve to be promoted. Tell them to put themselves forward. Mm-hmm. No change. Nothing yeah. changed. So, so a year later, they just they, they're hackers. They try and something else. And they just said to all the managers, anyone you think that should be put this up promotion in the three months leading up to promotion, tell them what a great job they're doing it doing and keep on telling them keep on telling them keep on telling them keep on telling them and guess what loads more women put themselves forward Mm -hmm. So, so really understanding that dynamic and actually understanding what is it that actually helps and shifts the system and breaks the system i think is really really important
0: yeah but also i'm i'm thinking of two things right because when men apply to a vacancy they see three things out of the 10 things that is qualified they apply for the predominantly woman. For the woman part, they see 10 things and they see that they fit five things and they don't apply. I recognize this with myself. I, I started to, to change this. But then again, we have to change the narrative as well because it's not only upon the women who see themselves like that, but it's also upon the other side of the table, the decision makers who also see that, well, you're lacking five of the 10 skills. So what are you going to do about that? And on the, on the other hand, while you were talking, my mind was going to Hidden Figures. There is this part within the movie, Hidden Figures, um, Google it. There is this part in the movie where Kevin Costner is standing up for Taraji, asking Taraji about why is it that you're taking a half hour toilet break or restroom break. And she mentioned that she has to go 30 minutes here, 30 minutes to another de- restroom. Why? Because it's a restroom for colored people. All of a sudden, instead of Kevin looking at her, looking at the other people, he started dismantling all the signs, making an effort saying that everybody can use this restroom and everybody can use the coffee from now on. If you want to look out, please Google that part, the hidden parts, Taraji and Kevin Costner, where you see the restrooms, then you will understand why it's important that we need leaders allies to break the system right that's what you were talking about breaking the
1: system is very important. i love that yeah. i love that film and i love that analogy yeah. and yeah. i'm going to be i'm going to be using it in my workshops going forward so thank you same <laughs>
2: here same here you're same welcome, here. You're welcome. I, and you're welcome yeah <laughs> and 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 i want to i want to i want to tap into what uh, daniela said and mm-hmm, about mm-hmm. active allyship and you know mm-hmm. i want to dial it back a little Or authentic because... allyship
0: right sometimes it's called All... authentic as well yeah yeah
2: authentic right authentic allyship yeah. but then we have mm-hmm. what we've you know what we've known in, in everything being performative right mm-hmm. um yeah. you know people will s- supposedly stand up for women supposedly stand up for uh racialized and marginalized people you know they'll join in, groups in march just for the sake <laughs> that they put their name in it's it's yeah yeah, exactly. Only in March, right? For yeah. for internet yeah. or for you know for Black History Month, for for International mm-hmm. Women's Day, like for all of that, they'll put in their names for whatever reason. And yet, you know, will they show up uh, the day after? Will they show up the month after yeah. to sh- the, to see yeah. the the gender biases that exist within their organizations, within their 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 systems, their structures, etc.? And chances are, you know, you know, and, and I, I want to even go back to you know, me being formally in the urban planning space where it's predominantly mm-hmm. engineers, predominantly males. And mm-hmm. you know, when I was working in transportation, you know, one of the things that we would come across is, you know, uh, safety concerns, right? Mm-hmm. For women, especially at night, right? And uh, you know, they're, they're still going to, there were still those issues of how do you, um, you know, we don't understand why, why women are, 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 are feeling that way, uh, sitting at a bus stop in the middle of the night when there's nobody around there's safety concerns. And I know that a lot of agencies still do that, but at the same time, it's like, you need to put yourself in in those shoes and not just say, yes, I stand up for women. Right. At the end of the day, yeah. we need to yeah. show up and that's what Daniela has, has, has also mentioned. I echo what he said. I echo what your, your references with, um, with the movie, um, you know, all of that in general. So we have to show up and we have to be active allies in supporting women in the workplace.
0: I just wanted to add this comment from Dr. Katz here and then I'll, I'll pass it on to you, Daniele. So Kat, here is, I'm hoping that I'm pronouncing your name right, uh, Dr. Kat, and otherwise let me know um a sponsor may be supporting one individual despite their background one of the good ones rather than addressing the opposition to promotion of people of that gender race etc changing the system and dr cat also shared the link within linkedin of both hidden figures yes daniele
1: yeah so i was just gonna, i was gonna say i 100 agree with that i think if you're if you're a pr- true ally, you're doing more than just sponsoring, right? Sponsorship is yeah. just one activity within that. Mm-hmm. I think it is a more active bit because you are putting some of yourself on top. The only thing I was going to say to Andre is we, we did a we did a piece of research last year, which was the things that people say for no, this year, for International Women's Day. And it was no surprise that one of the things that it was women talking about the language people still use in the workplace that gets in the way of gender equity. And it was mm-hmm. no surprise that in that top 10 came, of course, I support gender Equity. I have a daughter, like yes. men haven't had daughters for centuries. You know, it's like <laughs> having a daughter does not make you a supporter of gender equity. And it, unfortunately, and I will say this. Unfortunately, it breaks my heart to say I, I'm not a father, but it does. But I, I am mm-hmm. a. I am an uncle. I am a godfather to, um to a, 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 a love a love, beautiful godchild. Um, but I. It breaks my heart to see how many fathers aren't leaning into this. That how many yeah. fathers aren't changing the system to create workplaces that are truly inclusive, equitable, yeah. and diverse. So, uh, yes.
0: So I I, I do. want to add just you, some of you. Yeah. Some of you already know that I use VR virtual reality to help others to walk a mile in somebody else's shoes, and oftentimes when. I'm providing these opportunities, these experiences for men. They often say like, do women really encounter these challenges? And I'm just like, this is just one tiny bit that you've noticed. And yes, we do. Too often, too many times. And even when men have three daughters or four daughters, they still are in the disbelief of, does this really happen in the workplace? Unfortunately, yes. If you look at me too, if you look at other things that are um, that are happening in the workplace, right? People are being overlooked. Women are being skipped during meetings or ideas are being hijacked. And I want the men, I would like to challenge the men to stand up and, and speak up about it as well. Andre. I just wanted to
2: add one last thing. And, and it just sparked, mm-hmm. um, you know, this whole conversation, especially considering hidden figures, one of the things that has come yeah. to mind, especially given the fact that we are all getting older, we are all we all have older <laughs> no. uh, um, women in our lives. Okay. <laughs> but, but at the end of the day, one of the conversations that is starting to happen is about menopause. And yeah. that is yeah. a critical conversation that we need to fully understand what a woman goes through, especially those who are, um, you know, who are Gen X like myself and I'm not going to assume Daniela, but, um, you know, those who are Gen X uh, people, right? (laughs) You know, we we fully understand what goes on with women in terms of, you know, in terms of that and the challenges that they go through. Um, So even it's not necessarily equivalent to the situation, but it's still a situation in the sense of what women go through Um, What challenges Mm -hmm. women go through, especially if going through uh, such a such a um, such a life changing event such as menopause.
0: I would love to challenge men to walk, you know, through the different phases that women walk through. Right. The moment that you are uh, becoming a woman, the, the first time that you are dealing with the monthly things, you know, women are being teased in the workplace for that. As in, oh, it's that time of the month. That's why you are cranky, right? We, we, we laugh about it. But these are the things that women are facing. And then again, we're dealing again with being penalized the moment that we become pregnant or the moment that we become moms, then all of a sudden we are not equipped to do the same job. We do it in a different way. But we still do it and, you know, we still are able to do our job. And then on top of that, we're going into a different phase where we are menopausing. And then there's also a lot of BS. So I wish, I wish in the future, hopefully in the future, there will be something where men can really experience what women go through. Because there's a lot that we go through and still have to deal with the BS that is happening in the workplace just because we are women.
1: Well, I went to my first menopause workshop about three and a half years ago, and the woman running it came up to me and said, Mm -hmm. thank you so much for coming. And I was like, why wouldn't I come? My mum, my my wife is going through the pre-menopause, you know, why wouldn't I come and understand what she's going through? Because actually, ultimately, whatever she's going through, I need to be there to support her. So I, I, you know, for me, it's, For me, it's a a lack of, uh, you know, men, men, generally human beings are good. Let's be really clear. Human beings are good. They just, they lack knowledge. And actually a lot of the issue we have is ignorance of the challenges that people face. And I think for me, a Mm -hmm. lot of the work I'm trying to do is not only trying to fill that gap of knowledge, but also the prioritization. So understanding. So if I take, I'm going to take a workplace example. We know that men do not prioritize taking time off as soon as Mm -hmm. their kid is born okay mm-hmm. i can tell you now if they could go forward to their future self when they're sitting on their deathbed and they know what they know then they would all be yeah. taking the time off right that mm-hmm. is we, we we the stats all tell you it is that the the the, mm-hmm. the impact of a father spending time in that first year is significant mm-hmm. the impact of them being in their job you know it really maybe they'll get
0: but Danielle you know, there I, are there are countries and rules and procedures that are supporting the men to do that. In the Netherlands, we have such a procedure. But then again, men are being penalized if they take the time off. They're being penalized by their uh, by their male co-workers about taking the time off to take care of their child. Why are you? Are you the wife all of a sudden? Or are you somebody else? Right? So... It's a do if you do do, do, do you're doomed if you don't, and you're doomed if you do. Yeah, well, I'm not
1: sure. I'm not sure that's true though, because Elliot, Ray, I had I was I had Elliot Ray on my panel the other day, and I'm sorry, I want to give a mm-hmm. call out to Lee. Cham- and when we talk about yeah. uh, the menopause, do look out, do follow mm-hmm. Lee Chambers. Lee Chambers as a man mm-hmm. has done some fantastic work on that side. Yeah. But also Elliot Ray, when it comes to fathers, Elliot just said someone said, "What do you say to the man who's scared of taking that time off and it negatively impacts mm. the career?" Yeah. And his answer was. Yeah maybe it will. But maybe that's a good thing. Maybe you don't need Mm -hmm. the extra stress uh, that you're going to get from that promotion. Maybe that six to 12 months is not going to have a big impact. And he just said, he just said, just think about, you know, uh, there's an amazing stat, amazing stat, which is when a kid has reached 18, you have a parent on average has spent 93% of the time with that child. So from 18 onwards, they've only got 3% left. Could you imagine if you've wasted all that 97% how little time you've got left with that child? And so for me, I loved what Elliot said. Elliot said, and this comes down to the prioritization, what's more important for you to get that promotion 6 to 12 months earlier or to actually have a bond with your child that will make a a difference for the rest of their lives? Mm-hmm. And that's the, that's yeah. what we're, how we have to reframe the question, and actually, mm-hmm. rather than, and that's what we have to do as an individual. Don't get me wrong, at a corporate level, we need to get the corporates to give the the, the, the shared parental leave. Yeah, we have to push on that yeah. side. An in individual, and level, also on to... the
0: countryside, there need to also 100%. you know as yeah, yeah, in yeah. as in the rules and regulation, there also need to be supportive for men to take a time off as well. Yeah. You were saying sorry. I was interrupting you. but i'm dealing with I, i have to go to the final question or two final questions and that is the challenges because one of the challenges that men face with becoming a male ally especially towards the other gender they fear for any other ism or they feel for being called out or they fear for being whatever how what what how can they overcome these obstacles let me start with you andre
2: I think we touched upon a lot of it. That is in in the previous Mm -hmm. comment. I mean, we talk (laughs) about, like you just said, we talked about pushback, right? Um, Mm -hmm. You know, there's going to be people who are, who are resistant to that change within an organization. Uh, They're going to be ignorant of that change. Those who increase their awareness, uh, their education, um, you know, of the of the of the circum the circumstances that we just mentioned about menopause, about you know being the the life cycle of a woman, mm-hmm. fully understand that, right? How does that how does that play out in in policies and programs that exist? The, the example that I made with uh with transportation, um, you know, and it goes back to the situation of you know active listening about engaging in in that dialogue, you know, and talking about the benefits of. Equity and inclusion, um, and also that sense of belonging of of you know why women should be uh, in the same room as a man and be accept- and and be accepted for their talents, um, you know. Yeah. And, and the one thing is that if we don't do it, we, men become complicit of that privilege, right? um you know it's it's you know their their agency is not is not there they they you know they don't understand the benefits of equity inclusion when they're complicit to the system that continues to exist and perpetuates uh consistently throughout throughout their their work lives etc If something it Mm doesn't if they don't stand Mm -hmm. up for that change like what daniela said if they don't stand up for that change it's going to continue to to harbor uh continue to, to to manifest but the one thing too is that. Um just like there's a there's an imposter syndrome for women in this in these spaces mm-hmm. there's an imposter yeah. syndrome for men too and the rationale is that not only is there fear to change but there are also those fears of missteps, especially when you're in yeah. a in a bureaucratic system, for example right you know you're you're you know it's all about the chain of command you don't want to piss off your 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 boss because you'll be you'll be chastised or you'll be you'll be demoted or you'll, you won't get the promotion, et cetera. It's, you know, it's the fact that the end of the day is, you know, you, you learn um, if you make mistakes, right? Because if you don't, Mm -hmm. if you don't learn from those mistakes, what are you going to do within your careers? And, you know, it's, it's, you know, and how do you, how do you change uh, with the, with those times is you continuously learn, right? As we've been talking about learning about Women in the workplace and their life cycle, like I said earlier, is having that humility to say that, hey, I made a mistake, I'll learn from my mistake, and I will do better, right? Um, and mm-hmm. as well as, you know, the, the one last thing is if you're, if you have those missteps, learn to just apologize for those for those mistakes as well, because there's no harm in apologizing, right? Um, and then that that will eventually help you overcome the uh, challenges sorry, I, yes, a sincere apology. Exactly. Right. It's not, you know, as we talked about earlier is about the performer, mm-hmm. the performative nature of those apologies. Mm-hmm. Right. We talked about it, yeah. whether it's even, even if it's not just, you know, between male and female or or, or gender biases or gender stereotypes, it's even within you know, racial conversations. Right. It's all aspects mm-hmm. of equity and inclusion uh, and, and, and yeah, and, and you need to have that authentic, uh, apology, so that you know that you have that willingness to change and willingness to learn.
0: Thank you, Andre. Danieli?
1: I think uh, I think me and Andre were, were, were secretly separated at birth, because uh, <laughs> my, well, He, he talks about the the is because uh, my I, I I've I've produced a number of books, but one of them is called the best piece of advice ever. And the best piece of advice I had in my book was was is better to be wrong and interesting than right and boring. Because I've mm. learned so much more from being wrong. I think the problem that mm-hmm. we've created, and it is the DEI, we've created an environment where actually most men, and I and I work with senior men, I've got a token man brain trust, C-suite men, and I work at every level with men, they are all say the same thing. They are shit scared to say anything. Okay. Yeah. So what we have to do, is, there's a number of ways that we need to do that. So firstly, I... I create, I work with businesses to create brave spaces. So they are rooms and spaces that are just for people who identify as men. And so those men can make those mistakes. We also need to create an environment where other people are more Forgiving and actually, and, and actually, my experience you know, believe I, I've, I've worked in the DEI space. Actually, my experience has been amazing. Uh, people, I, I've made mistakes, of course, I've made mistakes over six years. Uh, but because I'm leaning in, because I'm leaning in with everything, uh, people will be forgiving and they will f- feedback to you. So, actually, just being able to tell those stories, I think, is really important. But the, mm-hmm. the, the and I said this to a CEO today, I'm doing a talk for them on Thursday, and he said, Please, please, can you say this to my team? The reality is we're going through a significant moment of change. Mm-hmm. When change happens, and there's a lot of yeah. people sitting there going, I don't like this change. This change is not working for me. I'm not engaging. Okay. I'm what and I'm worried about the negative impact it's going to be have on me. If change happens, you don't move without change, you're white, right, you are right to be worried because you will become irrelevant. Okay. Yeah. So uh, yeah. when change happens, there's only one thing you can do. If you want to stay relevant and actually, you know, still have a good career, move forward, you have to lean in. And that leaning yep. in is, is means that you do have to become comfortable with being uncomfortable. You do need to understand what support you need around you. Here at Ali, you know, on our allies panel, which is still alive, actually, on, the, on Vimeo, if you have a look at the token man Vimeo, is here at Ali talked about the need for allies to also have their own allies. Because actually, the work we're asking people to do is not always easy. And we have to talk about that. Because if we don't talk about that and people hit a roadblock, they just jump back out. And so what Mm -hmm. we all need I have people around me, when I hit a stumbling block, is I know I can go to someone and go, here, this is what I'm facing. And actually, they can give me that empathy, they can give me that support that I need at that moment of time. But I think the key thing for me is if you want to be a good manager, a good leader or good human being, you have to be inclusive simple yeah. as that. The world has changed. You have to be inclusive, which means you have to be culture intelligent. You need to be empathetic. You need to be vulnerable. You need to be collaborative. Okay. If you've got gaps in those skills, start getting yourself skilled up. But whatever you do, you have to be leaning in. Otherwise, you will find yourself irrelevant.
0: Yeah. When you were talking, Daniele, I was thinking about because leadership is a lonely business. A lot of leaders have shared with them with me that they find it lonely and they don't see that the challenges that they face, as in leading, everybody's looking up towards them. And every time that they make a mistake, they feel like the mistake is much bigger. But as a leader, you should have somebody else to coach you, to guide you, to be that mirror so that you can make this mistake in front of me. I'm okay with you making a mistake as long as you are having the intention to create a better impact, as long as you have the intention to do better. Like Maya Angelou's quote, right? When you know better, you do better. And that's such an important thing that leaders think that they should hire Just somebody who is a coach. I'm not not dismissing any coaches. Just hire somebody who is a coach, but who doesn't have the aspects of diversity, equity, and inclusion. And also as a a leader or for leaders, challenge yourself. If you're dealing with a racial or if you're dealing with a gender or if you're dealing with a disability challenge and you're hiring somebody who doesn't have any expertise in in that, I'm not dismissing people, but I do want to put things out there. Like there are different people for different challenges. So challenge yourself to engage with different people. Seek for help. Ask experts for help so that you are better able to lead the different people that your talent has already. Your company has already.
2: Yeah, and and I, I, I fully and agree Roddy. with you on that, Vivian. you know, I. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and you know, there's different levels of a leadership journey. You know, Mm you have your, you have your mentorship, you have your sponsorship, and I'm going to echo what you said, Vivian. And and I know that, you know, I'm going to plug my webcast conversation that you and I had, right, about the coaching side of things. And that is just as important. And, and, you know, people, there's obviously going to be people, especially men who are who are resistant to change, and and like I said earlier, having that fear of change, and we live, as mm-hmm. Daniela said, we live in not to use that, uh, you know, that catchphrase or or the system or whatever, of you, we need to be agile, and how do we become agile? Yeah. Is that we we learn with the systems and we have those supports in there because at the end of the day, yeah. if we don't have those supports throughout our throughout our network, our coaches. Our, our mentors are our those who speak in the rooms uh, you know that that we're not in, uh, and if we don't and if we don't show up, then you know, like Daniela said at the end of the day, we'll become irrelevant right so so yeah, definitely well, we need to have those 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 support
0: systems I think for those who haven't seen Morgan Freeman's re- recent Netflix show or a series about you know life on earth. That's how I look upon traditional leadership, because eventually dinosaurs extinct, right? That's how I look on traditional leadership, where um, amazing show on Netflix with Morgan Freeman talking about the history of dinosaurs, but also the history of Earth. And that's how I see traditional leadership dying, because there are different generations now that are standing up, walking away sooner than later. And you, as a leader, as an organization, you might be dealing with a challenge of Dealing with a higher turnover than you would expect it. So look at this conversation, listen back to this conversation, watch this conversation, and have a conversation in the workplace about when you're ready in 2024, when you're ready to challenge yourself and to become the leader we all know that you can be courageous leader, inclusive leader, new leader, innovative leader, instead of being a traditional leader. That's what what I want you to walk away from, and I I, I assume Daniele and Andre as well. So, final question: Um, what's your wish for 2030 to humanize the workplace and when it comes to the role of male allies? And, uh, Daniele,
1: I just wish the DEI industry would recognize the need to engage men more. so frustrating, because yeah. I know, Vivian, we first we, we first spoke, I spoke at your thing about four years yeah. ago. It still isn't recognising the need to engage men. Yeah. And, and, yeah. and, you know, if I take the UK and the figures aren't better, they've, it looks at the Ipsos study, you can see each of your markets. But in the UK, we now got to a place where 53% of men think gender equality has gone too far and discriminate against, against men. Yeah. 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 and and when you and when you put that in so when we're when we're going to workplaces not only we're we not seeing we're seeing 40 53 percent not leaning in they also think it's the inclusion equity and diversity is the enemy right and we've got yeah. to understand why we've got to that place and partly we've got to that place because we haven't engaged the men meaningfully so you know I've got a framework that I work with all clients which is support men, inspire men, and then you can recruit men. And men are gonna be in different Mm -hmm. parts of the journey. But we can't say that inclusion is for everyone and then just not include men. And again, let's be really clear here. We do, companies do include men through the intersectionality. But actually what I'm talking about is unfortunately, and certainly in the UK and many markets, I'm talking about the white heterosexual men who are still in those leadership positions and coming through. Mm -hmm. Uh, I am also talking about actually, the white working class men who actually Mm -hmm. social mobility isn't that high on the agenda when it comes to uh, DEI. So the reality is we have to start. I want to see next year us recognising that the only way we create change is by involving everyone. And that isn't just saying, men, this is your fault. Fix it. Come over here Mm -hmm. And we recognize that actually we have to take those men on a journey. And part of that journey is giving them support.
0: Yeah, I agree. Thank you, uh, Daniele. Andre.
2: You know, when Daniele had said that, you know, everything that he had mentioned or I had mentioned, he, he wanted to mention or write, <laughs> now it's the reverse. Because it's just, it's just, he's taking everything that I want to say, especially, you know, okay, so first of all, let's, You know, in this North American market, there is although gender gender bias exists, there's also the racial conversation. And that same conversation is, oh, we talk so much about black folks. We talk so much about Mm -hmm. uh, racial minorities or, you know, and whatnot. So the same types of conversations, although one is race on on our side of the world, genders on on this side of the world or on your side of the world those conversations and you know we've talked so much about this dei backlash and and whatnot mm-hmm. and these are and you know these are things that we've that we've started to 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 listen to and and wrongly so And the dei profession has not caught up to that and secondly i'm gonna echo what what daniela said especially considering the social mobility conversation edi professionals yeah. do not entertain those uh conversations and it goes back to the fact that they still don't know what social mobility and class means. Right. And that's, and, and you know, and it, it it affects women that much more. Right. So mm-hmm. these are, these are, these are the types of conversations we need to have in our workplace and for the future of let's bring in that conversation, because look, now that we're, now that we're going through uh, you know, whether we, whether we want to call it a recession or not as, as it is right now, women are that much more affected by that, right? In you know, in, whether it's in the household, whether it's in at the workplace, um, these are things we need to recognize and we need to understand that class and social mobility are just as important for men as it is for women and women are multiplied, have a multiplier effect to them, um, you know, and as well as, you know, the one thing, and I, you know, to to, to have this conversation, what i'd like to see besides what daniela said and what i've 100 150 agree with him on is the fact that we are you know that we learn to be human we need to be humans again we need to Mm -hmm. we need to show that everyone's voice is is heard um you know and make that make that male allies are are, are, you know, are not just an exception, but part of the norm, and that everyone understands Mm -hmm. and fulfills uh, themselves as an individual. Um, And of course, going back to my initial part of it is that as our workplaces are more globalized, that we become more cognizant of the cultural differences that would that exist within our, within our society, and how they have an impact on our policies on our programs, and, um, you -hmm. know, and our relationships as a whole. So, so all of that, that's what I hope to see in, you know, in the future.
0: Thank you both so much. I mean, I could have gone hours and hours and hours because indeed the conversation, I'm also at fault in not engaging in so many conversations with men uh, uh, on humanized workplace, but behind the scenes I am, whereas we need to make space for all. It's not only, you know, focusing on one, aspect of the diversity lens or that aspect of the diversity lens we need to focus on all so for all the men who are watching or for those who know men who need to watch this conversation or need to listen to this conversation share it with them as well because this is a very valuable conversation thank you andre thank you daniele and looking forward to our next time
1: thank you everyone thank you have a great thank afternoon. you we'll eat. bye Take care. Bye. Bye.